Welcome to The Watering Hole, for coaches, by coaches, with coaching at the core. Fill your cup, join us, sit by the fire, and connect. We're on a mission to explore the water of wisdom, well-being, and we, the change makers. Coaching with a capital C. Coaching with a capital C. Coaching with a capital C. Hi, all. Welcome to the next episode of the Coaching with a Capital C podcast. Today, we're going to be joined by a new voice, Rachel. And in today's conversation, we're going to be talking about what it's been like to try to chart a career path as a coach in the evolvement of the field, in the evolution of the field. Um, And to note that while some of us have been aiming to progress in our careers, it's been happening in parallel with the surge and the growth of coaching as a profession and as a job and the ways in which that has happened outside of individual or private practice. Um, And we certainly know there's been a great growth rate with this in this last 10 to 15 years. And so in our conversation today, Rachel helps us to dialogue and talk about what it's been like to kind of be on the inside uh, during that growth surge and what it's been like to try to chart and advocate for this profession within some of these larger companies or new companies, startups, um, different systems as well. So we're really grateful to have Rachel on and we're excited to dive into the conversation. Because in a fun way, um, I think, Rachel, you could possibly be located as far away as possible from the Bay Area, which is where Tracy and I are sitting. (laughs) Within the continental United States, you're kind of like as far as you potentially go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, which is also just so fun. Um, so as we're, we're thinking about that and just kind of, again, giving a little bit of that brief context, I think, um, Rachel and I met four years ago. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's true. It was 2015. So even like six six, years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, (laughs) when was that? See again, how long were the years again? It's 21. Okay. (laughs) Who knows? That, yeah. That's what I need ago, to wrap my head around. <laughs> a while ago through um, through the national board for health and wellness coaches is how we met. And yes. then I was fortunate as uh, to meet Tracy via uh, another wonderful colleague who's also a voice on this show. And we've known each other now for almost over a year now, a little bit over a year now. Um, and I think the conversation we're just excited to explore today is the wild surge and growth of the coaching field in these last, like Rachel said, how long are the years? Um, And then also kind of what that means for professional development and growth and kind of toggling between sometimes a coach hat and then the business hat and really looking to to kind of um, help the field grow and navigate those two spaces. Absolutely. I mean, so much has happened, like you said, Megan, and in, in seemingly so little time, but again, um, 
to what I said earlier, my perception of time, I think has been warped in the past 18 months, especially, but, and that is, that is when I think the, the realm of coaching has seen so much demand and growth. So it's, they're, they're on very interesting parallel paths. And it's like, is it a correlation or a causation or is it just, was it just time? So, yeah. Well, and, and that's, you know, just staying centered amongst all of that. Right. And, and being able to feel anchored in values and be able to navigate the, the speed of transition gracefully. I mean, I think those are all really powerful questions to be in when, when something takes off, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like, you know, we may, we may feel ready and, and yet we're still, we're still navigating as we go along. Right. So true, Tracy. Yeah. Thank you for calling that out. Right. The, the space is still so young and dynamic, which is exhilarating and exciting and empowering and terrifying all at the same time, because we are going, okay, this is what I hope it to be. And some of us are in the unique position to help lay the, the, those little bricks by brick by brick to go, okay, this is what I would want it to be in future. And there isn't, there isn't a guardrail or a path already laid out where we're cultivating that path together as we go. And it might be right on that like edge of the mountain <laughs> and you kind of go, okay. <laughs> and what do you both think? Cause I know I, again, I know we've both been in and around, all three of us have been in and around this for a while, but um, if you had a crystal ball, like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago, did you ever think we would be in this position? <laughs> Not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not in the way that it that it has materialized um so perhaps like health coaching um becoming more more of a household concept right and i love that and and definitely i i in my crystal ball back then i was like yes integrated into the primary care yes. system i love that uh, but as far as like now the reach and um, I think also the the demand that people have a perception of what a health coach is and that part still being really murky mm-hmm. that I didn't anticipate. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're chameleons. And, yeah, for sure. I was going to say it's such a it's such a testament to the adaptation of, of the folks who end up in this field too, right? And the resilience mm-hmm. and the, the, the powerful kind of eclectic and broad-based skills that coaches bring. I think there's something to the fact that that chameleon effect can be, um, you know, can actually happen. Um, and, and I'm curious for you, Rachel, because I, you know, I don't know you very well. And just in terms of your role in that and how you see yourself as part of that definition, as part of that, um, the building of the coaching field, I'm, I'm curious what your role has been and how have you kind of navigated that edge of the mountain, so to speak, for yourself? 
Thank you, Tracy. That's a great question, right? Um, and and also, I want to call out like like for myself as an individual as well. Um, I think a lot of times I hear coaches lamenting that they themselves are having difficulty practicing what we preach. Um, And so, right. Like that is, that has been part of it. And I think there have been positions that I've been in or expectations that I perceived that I was placing on myself where I would put down some of my self-care practices and Mm. not achieve that own balance that we hope to cultivate in our client members. And I was like, wait a second, that is the whole center. That is the, the nexus of health and wellness coaching that I, I need to model the behavior and I need to show up in the best way that I possibly can. And I can only do that if I'm being authentic and doing it myself. So I think Right. I know that's a long answer to your question, Tracy, but I think that has really been kind of the, the aha moment for me and in, in mm-hmm. being a, a leader now within coaching, which also seems insane in my mind. I'm like, wow, I get to, I get to lead an organization in this. Wow. Um, but I mm-hmm. have put so much emphasis on in order to care for others and help humans navigate through their own journeys, we need to make sure that we're doing the exact same things for ourselves and also for each other as a coaching organization. So we we check in with each other on the wellness wheel and we start to ask each other the same coaching questions to ensure that we're all supported in the same way. Mm -hmm. That's, that is very powerful, right? And, and recognizing that need, not only the need, but the, the embodiment of practicing what we preach. And it's really important with the demand, right? Like when the demand mm-hmm. goes up exponentially, um, it becomes a real, real challenge to live and breathe, you know, those self-care pieces for ourselves, right? So it can be very easy to be swept up by the demand and the exhilaration and the excitement. And, um, and I think that that's very real. So I'm so glad you're speaking to that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, sorry, go ahead, Megan. No, no, I was going to say, I, I, I find myself in, um, this interesting mindset with this too, where, you know, we train as coaches to work with individual people groups maybe, right? But it's, it's very much relational. It's very much like a focus on the present moment, the conversation, the future, like how do we want to get there, all of those things. And then you kind of enter these business settings, right? Or you enter these other arenas where it's essentially a similar thing, right? It's a similar planning cycle. It's a similar like effort. Like you can draw so many parallels from the the orientation of this, especially in new companies and startups, and what does it mean to build this way? Um, But in some ways, it's an asset for, I feel, for my brain to be so practiced in that thinking process. And at the same time, it's also um, challenging sometimes because not everyone is as comfortable in that planning process. 
right? So with individual yeah. clients, you can like work on whatever angle is going to be best for them. You can be really mindful, not always, but hopefully you're really mindful. Like you're both saying about your own self-care and how do you help yourself to navigate these situations? And then um, you enter some of these other arenas and that's not people's priority. That's not their comfort zone. That's not right. Like how do you enact that team building or that broader initiative or that broader effort? And it's really bizarre sometimes to like see so many parallels, but then to need an entirely different conversation skill set to orient something or to give rationale or to make the business case or to do all these different things. And at the same time to try to like, care for yourself along that pathway too because it's almost like you're walking on the edge of like two different cliffs like mm -hmm. one is the clients you're working with every day and then the second is this like vision and dream um and you're still like one person right so how do you help yourself sustain through all of that and practice what you preach as well yeah i'm so glad you said all that megan and while you were saying it before you even got to the word vision you know it is visioning right the biz the the ideation and the implementation, especially in the startup realm, it's literally visioning. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and, and, but then with different vernacular and approaches and, and people who maybe see it from a different perspective, whereas right. We're the coaching approach, um, benefits us to be able to employ that in, in other realms of going, okay, but we, we know we can, we know the destination we know, no, we can work it backwards because that is coaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it is challenging. And I, I don't know, I'm for myself personally interacting with those that aren't within the coaching space. It's still showing up and modeling the behavior that I would like to see in others. So I attend the business meetings, just like I attend the coaching team meetings where I'm like, I'm curious. I would like more clarity on that. I what I heard you say was right. And it's just, it's the same. And then I, every once in a while hear my, my non-coaching colleagues saying some of the same things. And I was like, okay, we are, we're communicating from a place of non-judgment and curiosity, which if I can just get them to do those two things, we can have those, those conversations where we can build this thing together, but it's mm, not, I love that. It's not comfortable <laughs> sometimes or easy. No, <laughs> no, it's, but it's so, it's so important what you're saying because coaching with a capital C is contagious. It, yes. it absolutely is a positive contagion. And we know that. And, and yet to be the to be at the pinnacle of that, like solo, like flying solo as, as kind of the coach in the room, um, carrying the weight of that. Um, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but there are times, I think, Megan, you just spoke to this where it feels, it can feel pretty lonely and it can also feel pretty terrifying. Um, as you mentioned earlier, Rachel, to be carrying that. So I, I also think this piece around collaboration, this piece around community, this, this piece that we're really trying to cultivate around not doing it alone, like having these conversations together, uh, supporting each other, uh, not feeling like we're going upstream alone. Um, and, you know, remaining hopeful and positive, like coaching process does inform 
business process. I mean, it has, Mm -hmm. we have a lot to offer, right? We have a ton to offer to the whole picture and the, and the process there. So it's holding hope at the same time. Um, And, and I love what you said about role modeling, right? Like really modeling what the coaching process is so that people can vicariously pick up those skills and those behaviors and and it's really leadership on so many levels absolutely Tracy I love what you said there holding hope as well and it just makes me think of like what we're what we're what we cultivate with our member clients or you know whatever terminology you use with them but the unconditional positive regard right that is that is hope so it was like okay we're going to show up with hope that everyone we encounter and show up and be present with it's that we can be contagious. I love that. It's a contagion, but what a good one. (laughs) Yes. The kind we want. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and just to also, I love, yeah. Coaches need coaches. We need each other. It is a practice based profession. And I don't, I don't think that should ever be done in a vacuum. So yes, I am Mm. so incredibly grateful for this community and this connection. What do you think if you could, I'm kind of in a, a very much like a blue sky magic wand miracle question kind of a zone right now, but if you could like bop people on the head and they would know one thing about coaching in the corporate space, right? And, and again, these startups are in healthcare and whatever the business arenas that are that we've been in, um, what do you think you would want them to know or to understand? Not just to know, but to like fully grasp and get behind. Oh, that's such a good question, Megan. It is a good question. Hmm. Are you asking both of us or just, yeah. uh, are we- <laughs> I'm thinking about it for myself, but yeah, for all of us, like, yeah. again, I know we've all been in and out of a variety of arenas with coaching for like a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. And on the one hand, the field has scaled like crazy. And on the other hand, people aren't doing justice by coaching or well-trained coaches and our abilities in a lot of spaces. So I'm just curious, um, and this kind of comes off of the West Coast, like coach collaborative meetup we had yesterday, where this was a Mm -hmm. big part of our conversation of like, what is the thing that people need to understand that they haven't gotten yet, even though the field has grown so much? So I'm yeah. borrowing kind of from that conversation in this wow. and narrowing it down yeah, to one thing, such... making it's hard. <laughs> right. I mean, I think, I think it, there's a lot of things, right. <laughs> Never maybe the, the couple that come to mind first, it doesn't have to just be one thing. Yeah. But. Well, I know for me, it's really like, if I could really wish, have my wishful thinking come to life, it would be that uh, like a visceral understanding of that coaching process does lead to outcomes. Like that there is a correlation between true coaching process and outcomes that we don't have to water coaching down to a checkbox or a formula in order to get outcomes. That would be my uh, big wish. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like how I'm articulating that or? Yeah, no, absolutely. Totally. It totally does. And I'm like, and I, I want to piggyback off of that a little bit, Tracy, it's a process. It is not, it is not immediate and you cannot typically define a timeline around it either. 
mm-hmm. because it, it is, Megan, you said this a couple of times, it's all about the, the relationship and whether you're coaching an individual or a group or an executive, it's still the same, the same steps. I think that, that you need that relationship takes time to cultivate. And once you, when the further you go along in that relationship, the more comfortable your client is going to feel about truly examining what in their life is presenting the barriers or what solutions they can come up with on their own and what, what things they are confident in. And it's such a beautiful thing to witness. And yet it's not right. Do a B and C equals outcome. Sometimes it's a, and then Z H G B D back to B. (laughs) Right. Or or some, or some sequence of letters that spells magic. Yes. That one. (laughs) We're going to have to come up with that formula, Tracy. <laughs> I think we just did. Yeah. What is the MAGIC approach? <laughs> well, this is the thing that I think is right. It's the process, just like we've been saying. And I think, um, I think what's also just been so hard, and this is kind of what we were talking about last night is like, where depending on who's paying it or who you're selling to, what their, what success means to them. Is it cost reduction? Is it having a more plethora of benefits? Is it, um, is it having less claims? Is it right? Like, so everyone's incentive is, is different or their motivation is different. What they see as success is different. And for me and the different companies I've been in or the different conversations I've been in, most of the time what I hear echoed is like, I don't care about a 30 day outcome. Show me the two year data show me the five-year data, right? Like, I think we mm-hmm. know that from this process, the sustainability, the relational component, um, our job is to align our incentive with the client, right? And that's, so what, true. that's the ethical piece that we hold and being really skilled and being really flexible and how that comes about. Yeah, we're just walking alongside them. It's yes. even even if we are ascribed to a certain corporate goal it's still always about that individual or that group that has signed up for these particular services and that's right that they can be aligned or the eventual outcome can be the same but the the path towards that right is is the messy part Well, and yeah, even what we're viewing as outcomes, because if self-efficacy is an outcome, uh, right? Like we could, we could talk about things that we might not normally under, under our traditional sense of outcomes, we might not call outcomes, but if we were to leverage coaching process as a way to like almost even redefine what we consider outcomes, (laughs) Because, you know, in certain, mm-hmm. in certain models, we haven't always necessarily intentionally hoped for self-efficacy, right? Some of our models have actually um, promoted further dependency. So we wanna, we wanna be really clear that there's, there's a paradigm difference here in terms of, you know, the outcomes that we get when people are efficacious and, and connected to their own strengths and their own rights uh, around well-being 
Um, so that I think is also powerful to look at like, what are we even defining as outcomes? Um, that is such a good comment, Tracy, right? Because I mean, if you think about it in the, the most basic of, of terms, the goal for health and wellness coaching is to really not need the coach anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Be your own coach. And mm-hmm. yes, yes. You know, that, that internal compass um, is, is a big, you know, a powerful component to making changes on all levels, correct? So we, and we know that. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. Um, Rachel will luckily join us again for another episode soon, kind of continuing on this theme and thinking about cross-functional work and the ways in which having a coaching skill set is an asset and can be a really great beneficial element to working cross-functionally with other people within companies and systems that are using coaching. So uh, we're so fortunate to have her and we're grateful for the next part, which will be coming soon and hope you enjoy your day.